I'm over here now. Pardon the interruption, no need for introduction. It's the drunken monk. Turn this shit up a little, son. My bucket up in smoke, sipping Bacardi till I'm giving my car keys to Jimmy Ferrari. And we out, about to go jump in a mosh pit full of hundreds of hot chicks saying something obnoxious like, I gotta put my foot in your ass permit. When I'm done, I'll cook you in a Brooklyn blast furnace. Episode 118 of the Brooklyn Blast Furnace. Wow. Wow. I'm, I'm impressed. Um, I'm actually honored that uh, I'm sitting here uh, in your little brother's apartment speaking with the one and only iconic Sean Taggart. Okay. <laughs> Now, we started on the wrong foot. No, we didn't. Already. No, Already. No, we didn't. Oh, you see that? <laughs> because, like, listen. I remember long time ago when I first saw slash bought the Agnostic Front Course for Alarm record. That's an album cover that I'm sure a lot of people will understand, like, you look at it, and you always seem to find a little something that you might not have noticed the last time. Mm-hmm. And I always remembered seeing Tiger 85 and all that. And always what stuck out what stuck out to me was the pin that said right. shock. What the fuck is shock? Well, <laughs> well, at that time, I had no idea what the right, fuck nobody shock. did. But well, then, a handful of people. Right, but that was your band. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So now, so I have to say, I appreciate your time. I had hit you up. You know how like Facebook, it's weird. Like, yeah, if we're not friends on Facebook and I send you a message, it kind of gets hidden and lost. I had no idea. I stumbled. Right. So that was like weeks, months ago. It was probably months ago. Yeah. And honestly, I kind of like I sent it and I was like, I don't know, like because I know that that's how that works. Right, and I said, and I don't know how often you're on Facebook, so I sent it, and then I kind of got busy doing whatever I usually do, and then you hit me up, and I'm like, yeah, awesome, it worked out, it it worked out. So there's certain there's certain times and certain people that I've had that it's like it's kind of fucking cool that like I actually get the opportunity to sit down and talk to certain people just because of the podcast. That's, and these yeah, are one of those cool. times. Yeah. Well, thank you. And it's kind of awesome. Well, thank you. Okay. <laughs> I'm not blowing on my smoke. All right. Here, all right. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Is, I, I'm blushing. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm moving things because I'm so nervous. Yes, me too. I'm, I'm, I'm like moving the water back and forth Too here. much praise. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. listen, you deserve it. I mean, I think you deserve it because I think that a, a lot of people in the hardcore scene know you for specific artwork album covers this and that you, but beyond that you've done so much other stuff beyond that yeah I've done a shitload <laughs> right that wouldn't be on like necessarily like I learned new things like looking and researching a little bit more than what I thought I knew you know what right. I mean right. I had no idea that you continued to be an artist and, and that's what you do and like you know for all I knew you were a punk rock kid, hardcore kid on Lower East Side. You drew some band flyers. They're on iconic records. 
then who knows what happened to Sean. Right, right, right. To a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, that's always been my problem, is that I'm well-known in very small circles, like all over, uh, you know, I've, I've never figured out how to get those circles together. Because there are people who know my work. For instance, I did a lot of work for Nickelodeon Magazine. People know that work, you know, and I have, you know, amongst New York cartoonists, I'm fairly well known. Uh, I'm not saying I'm like great or anything, but we, I know everybody, they know me. So there's this world where people know me and, and, uh, but the hardcore people don't know me. And then the people that know my, like children's, you know, children's comic stuff, they have no idea that, you know, that I have all this hardcore shit in the background. Right. Also, I did all these hair metal teachers. We were talking earlier about hair metal bands. And right. I did, uh, I did shirts for Poison, Cinderella, Tora Tora. Tora Tora. Yeah, right? Oh, you know, wow. Isn't that crazy? Uh, this one band called Salty Dogs that like didn't go anywhere, but they, they were, you know, they were very trash rock. They were like a lot more like early Guns N' Roses and less less like hair metal. Right. But, you know, like going the hard rock vibe. But anyway, I did like my best t-shirt, I think, for them. Um, and I did I did some like tour t-shirts for, well, like uh, road crew t-shirts for, for Motley Crue. And, you know. That's awesome. And then I did a lot of like sketches for, for bands that got rejected like Aerosmith and Warren and a whole bunch. How dare they? No, well, Warren was really funny because I, I come on, Janie Lane, relax yourself. Well, isn't he? Oh, that's shit. Uh, didn't he pass away? I, I don't know. I think <laughs> Janie Lane is is resting in peace right now. Well, all I know is those were some sleazy guys, and all of my T-shirt designs were insanely raunchy, so sleazy, like really? disgusting. Yeah. And, and a manager told you know, the guy I was out working for. Uh, I was working for Brockham Entertainment. And they were the, the, the t-shirt guys, and uh, the guy, the Mike Rotundo was the guy was, was the Brockham guy I was working with. Okay, their manager was like, "Hey, uh, uh, the band will love this, but there's no way I'm showing them these, these designs because you know I'd have like a girl like her, her mouth like this dribbling, and then all you see is like." Five guys, like, oh, yeah, guys, like lower half of their legs, you know? yeah, but, yeah, I did really sleazy stuff because I got that from from their shit. Well, yeah, like, well, they, 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 well, that, they're, that they're was dirt bags, yeah, so that was that, dirt bags, so yeah, it's like, okay, give them what they want, yeah. Well, that was that whole era, too, of like, you know, the the 80s vixen, you know, yeah, video yeah. girls, and it was yeah. all that, yeah, different times nowadays, huh? A little yeah. bit, yeah, a little bit. Uh, I was so embarrassed about my work in the hair metal world. I would like say, "Oh yeah, I just did like all this stuff for Poison." You know, they like they use backdrops that I designed. They put things, you know, like everything for Flesh and Blood tour. Everything was designed by me. Really? Yeah. And I was like, "That's huge, man." It, it was kind of huge, but they were paying me in a in a way that you know wasn't exactly fair. But they also paid me for every time I got rejected, anyway. So it all evened out in the wash, you know. Okay. One time, I'm trying to remember the president of the company, he's like, I feel like I'm your patron and not, you know, not your employer. Yeah. Because so, shit was always getting rejected. But, you know, eventually, you know, but I did get a, a lot done. And really, I wouldn't have gotten that gig if it wasn't for Pusshead. So, yeah. that, so that was a hardcore connection. 
And okay. You know what? Like, I know Puss Head, well, not obviously not personally, on Iconic for all the Metallica oh, stuff yeah, and all yeah, that yeah. stuff. But I never, for some reason... He did the Exploited logo. Right, which is ridiculous. It's great. Yeah. You know, that's right up there. I mean, yeah. that Misfits logo and Black Flag, those are like the greatest logos. Well, yeah. I think. Can't think of any beyond that. That's, that's Misfits and Black Flag, as far as iconic. Yeah. Way. But you, you don't need you know, no words. Yeah, you just, just know, like, oh, you know what that and, is. And it's just fucking... It's like the best symbol. And it's it's, like, it's you know, badass, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, when I first saw the Black Flag logo, I was like, Oh, that's really fucking cool. You know, so Raymond and it's just so is simple. There. Yeah. It's the simplest thing ever. But you to be that simple you have to be kind of a genius. And Ray, I got Ray, it. Raymond Pettibone is, is definitely yeah. a genius. Uh, I don't know, uh, you know, like his, his later stuff is really, really good. I, I didn't really dig his stuff initially for Black Flag. I didn't know he did the logo. Like I just thought, oh, here we go with the kind of like 50s art, you know, with this juxtaposition of creepiness. But then, you know, he did all these things that were later on with, like, Jesus, like, free-falling and all this Manson shit that was really cool. And, you know, hmm. so I'm a, I'm a... I like Petty Bone. I'm not going to say I'm a fan because I don't own any of his books or anything. Right. You know, he's really great. Yeah. Um, and that Black Flag logo alone, guys, you know, a hero to me. Sure. And Kevin Crowley's New York Hardcore logo. Uh, logo. That's pretty fucking... Uh, Absolutely. Everyone ripped that off, right? Everybody. Well, the, Everybody. It, it, it was it was put out there in Drew Stone's film. Yeah, in, yeah, yeah. In the New York yeah. Hardcore Chronicles yeah. film. Yeah. Uh, yeah, That's it's, it's, it's hysterical. Did you see the book... Uh, fuck, what was it called? It's called Radio Free something, I think it was. But anyway, it was like a kind of a post crossover era hardcore so it's like driving like jay who and and other bands not, i don't era. think i'm familiar i'm trying to remember uh the dude's names they are anyway they do a there's a guy a designer like like academic does a whole breakdown of the new york hardcore logo really and he's like showing how influential it is and where it where it's similar to logos that like the data is did in like 19 and right. actually they're like 1912. So, you know, it's funny because like all those cool punk rock graphics, little little known to me, was that they were all ripping off Dada graphics. And then here's this hardcore thing, which to me is, hardcore to me is the most anti-historical music <laughs> show. You know, like, yeah. We just don't know shit. <laughs> and like, and Kevin comes up with this incredible logo. That's basically the uh, logo that one of the you know one of the Dadaists did like a hundred years ago. Right. So I mean, it's really cool that how brilliance shows up. Yeah. From generation <laughs> yeah. to generation, it's like it's it's amazing. Right. Um, yeah, but that thing's been ripped off like crazy. Oh my god. Oh, it's it's ridiculous. Yeah. You know. Uh, I mean, it was ripped off back in the day. I mean, but, you know, it was appropriate. You sure. know, that if you were from San Diego, you would have an SDHC, you know. Yes. Yeah. Like, that made sense. Sure. Kind of like now, you know, it doesn't really make sense, you know, uh, it's associated with Gap. Or, exactly. Or like that. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. Whatever. That's that's what we do. We, As yeah. a culture, we appropriate everything. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, Absolutely. 
So now back to, you said yeah. that you met Pusshead. Now, I know nothing about Pusshead except for his imagery. I don't know anything about him. Oh, okay. So you met him? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Puss, Pusshead is a very interesting guy. He doesn't, uh, at the time that I was coming up, everything was Puss. You know, like anytime I put out a flyer, so, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's almost as good as Pusshead. That really kind of pissed me off. Yeah, I, I would imagine you know, so. Because I was a, a scrappy little guy. You know? Right. Where are you? Uh, well, I yeah. guess. I don't know. I was angry. <laughs> I was yeah. definitely a little guy. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> you know, so it irritated me. That, so I was, my, my goal was kind of to become the East Coast Pusshead. Okay. And, and uh, I was not as prolific as he was. I mean, and also, you know, the guy had this really cool style and he'd been doing it for years. But anyway, he was doing, uh, he's like, he's a contributing editor at uh, Fashion Magazine. He contacted me to do something for a column called Frantic Scratchings, where he sort of highlighted a different, like, underground artist every month. All right. He asked me to do something for him. I was like, okay. And he was like, turned out to be a super nice guy and like, this guy that I had this imaginary like feud with was right. like super great guy and yeah. was helping me out. Yeah. You know? And I was like, see, that's the thing in New York. I don't know if it's true elsewhere, but cartoonists, I think specifically and artists in general in New York, we're like starving dogs you know, fighting over that one bone. Sure. So we have that kind of mentality like, Oh fuck that guy. You know, like that guy's got that game. Fuck him. I hate him. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But then, like, and Pusshead was kind of like the first guy to kind of come along and made me go, wow, this guy's, like, giving me an opportunity. Yeah, he's not being a dick. He's totally not being a dick. (laughs) Right. In fact, he's being, like, fucking Santa Claus, because eventually, you know, we're kind of friendly, and, you know, we're pen pals, whatever, and he sends me stuff, and he's a super generous guy. Then he hooks me up with this, you know, basically doing T-shirts for hair bands, you know, because he was like the king of that. Oh, sure. I mean, he just ruled. The, I'm sure the I've had late several. 90s. Yeah. I mean, that dude did great. I mean, I, I mean, his work was out there. I don't know how well he did. Right. But, but, I mean, so it was really awesome for him to share like that. You know, you don't find that very often no. in, the, uh, in the world. So... So, Pusshead, I owe everything to, and I owe uh, AF everything to, and I owe the Chromags everything to, because those are like the three guys that, you know, three entities right. that really pushed me out there in the world. Oh, but backtracking, I also did a lot of porno comics. So, I did, oh, did, I, I did work for Screw Magazine, and I did okay. work for some lower ranks, like not penthouse, but low, very low rent version. Of you know, like skin mags and did a right. bunch of stuff for them. So that was that was kind of like a thing that that was before the AF cover and all. No, that's like, after. Oh, okay. so like after the hardcore thing, uh, I kind of like, oh, okay, I got to make a living at this. So I I did stuff for Outlaw Biker, and okay. I did stuff for Screw Magazine, and I did a lot of you know a lot of like low rent uh, porn magazines, and then I did some stuff for High Times. Um, and then, of course, I had jobs in between that because it's kind of hard to keep uh, you know, keep all sure. those those eggs in the air, you know, balls in the air, eggs in the basket. Something. Eggs in the basket, balls yeah. in the air. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah. We get it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, We don't have to spell everything out, do yeah. we, kids? No. <laughs> so, uh, and I did some stuff for Tops, and then actually I got hired by Tops Trading Cards, so that's another world. Really? People, you know, wouldn't know, but I 
I did. Tops Trading Cards. Yeah, I worked, I worked there as like a, as a project manager. I did some freelance work for them. I did all the Ren and Stimpy cards for them. Really? Because I was like the only guy in town that could kind of do, could ape the Ren and Stimpy style. Like I was pretty, and it was because I was trying out to get into the Ren and Stimpy show. Right. Which I got through a lot of hoops and then I gave up, you know, because I think I had a fear of being rejected. Really? At the end of the day, yeah. I think I was just chicken shit. I mean, it would have meant moving down. You were almost there. I was almost there. And, and you got cold feet. And then I got cold feet. Yeah, absolutely. How dare you? I know. <laughs> you know, hardcore kids uh, yeah. are, are fucked up. Yeah. We're emotionally yeah. fucked up. Oh, yeah. We're you preach to the choir. We're kids at risk. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, we're, uh, we don't always make the right choices. <laughs> yeah, you do. You know. Uh, I second that. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, when people talk to me about how many people are dead or fucked up now, I'm like, what do you expect, man? We were, yeah, we right. were, we were fucked up kids that like were let loose in the world. Sure. So the fact that as many have survived is, it's, it's, is a miracle. Yeah. And I have a lot of people that I don't like from the scene, but because they're still alive, I'm very happy. Right, because it's a hard thing to choose that life, go all in, and survive. You know? Sure, you know, like I, I don't think I ever went all in because I didn't understand what all in meant. You know, right. I was willing to live in the squat, which I never did. Right, but you know, um, the things that kids ended up doing, I just like, no, nah, that could kill me. Right, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Right, you know, yeah. I'll get so drunk that people will beat the shit out of me because I'm such an obnoxious guy. Right. Now I've been in a hospital. Do that. Sure. Yeah. No sure. problem. Yeah. I got that covered. But no, I'm, I'm not going to shoot dope. You no. know, I'm not going to huff glue. You know, there's right. like all these things. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to smoke dust. You know, no, just not going to do uh, it. I went through my bowels. Seriously. Yeah, everybody does, yeah. you know, but like, that's why I say I'm not exactly all in, because I was just, just a straight up alcoholic. I was, well, you're you talking know. to one. So all right. Well, good. Yeah. Good. Not, you're talking to one. Well, I, I hope you're, uh, almost you're in recovery. Over, almost five years, five years on October 1st. Congratulations. I, I went crazy for like four years, but before that four years, I had seven. And now do you have a higher power? No. <sighs> I don't have a higher power. You're driving yourself crazy. I have my daughter. Let go. I have my daughter. <laughs> All right. I have my daughter. I keep myself busy. I good, do fun good. shit. Good. And that's it. Yeah. But now. Yes. Where I, you were you born in New York City? I mean, Manhattan, New York City. Were you born in the city or not? Okay. This is the great. Uh, Let's get to the cliche. Where'd you come from? Type shit. This is this Strong. is the big skeleton in my closet. Oh boy, let it out. Dad, is this an exclusive? It's an exclusive because this is the first time on a podcast. Oh yeah. So I'm hitting them all out of the park and, here, and and people are just so dying for this information. Of course they uh, are. So you'll be surprised, actually, in all seriousness. Uh, <laughs> my mom's from Chicago. Okay. My dad is from Buffalo. Right. They met at an art school in Chicago. They moved to New Mexico when they got married. Okay. They had me. Okay. Then when I was two and a half, we moved to New York City. So you're in New York. Right? So so that's my my skeleton. That I wasn't born in New York. No, see, see, that's fine because you still you still get your New York stamp. Well, every every kid I knew growing up was it. 
he wrote, I mean, I'm in first grade. They're like, what, you weren't born here? You're not a New Yorker. Right. <laughs> You're right. about seven. You right. know, we've already got the attitude. Right. Um, but we <laughs> moved, so we moved from Albuquerque, New Mexico to Bowery and Grand when I was two and a half. Well, that's a little bit of a difference now, it, isn't it? It was a, that was a major shift. I mean, I have very early memories of being a baby in New Mexico, and then I have lots of memories growing up on the Bowery. Now, we lived in the Bowery till I was about five or six, and then we actually got a loft. Uh, what year Bowery. is this? So we moved to the Bowery, I think, 68. Oof. I was born in 65, so 68, 69. Okay. Oh, wait. So the, we moved to the loft, I think, in 70. So I was born in 65, so... Oh, wait. yeah, 68. Okay. All right. So I just had a couple of years on the Bowery. Okay. That was enough. Well, yeah, it's, it's enough. enough. It's enough. Uh, yeah. I mean, my mom would shoo away a bum, like sleeping in his own piss in our doorway. Of course. Every, every morning. Yeah. It was a little bit of a It was yeah. so crazy. Yeah. So I actually was stationed in New Mexico in the Air Force. Oh, really? Wow. No, not in Albuquerque. Um, I've been to White Sands, New Mexico, and I've been, but I was stationed in Clovis, New Mexico. Where is that relation to Albuquerque? It's, Albuquerque is is about four and a half hours west. Okay, I'm closer to I was closer to Texas. Texas, right, right, right. I was about a three. I'm going to say I could be a little off. I was about a three hour drive from like Lubbock, Texas. Wow, wow, right. Which was the rate capital of. Oh, the United it? States for a long time. Was it? Yeah, oh. yeah. Hey, well, oh, that's and, news to me. And it's the home of Buddy Holly. So you've got oh. like two, two it's um, a little crazy. Yeah. yeah, so I so I get the landscape and what I mean, obviously it's a different time, but I get the terrain and what goes right. on yeah. from there and then the picture of the early, you know, sixties and early seventies of the Bowery. I so oh, go on, yeah. I'm sorry to yeah. interrupt yeah. you. No, it was uh, and one of my best friends growing up. Um, he his family lived on the Bowery for way longer than my family did, and so I was always we were always there. And on the corner of Delancey and Bowery was you know where the hookers hung out, and then block east on Forsyth and Christopher Street, which were not Christopher Christie Street, which was along the Forsyth Street Park is where it was a stroll for for all the hookers. Right, um, and when I was a kid. It was hookers, bums, and junkies, you know? Yeah. I mean, that was and life. Was, I mean, that's yeah. what was everywhere. And it was, it was bum, piss, dog shit, and broken glass. Oh, my God. And, you know, um, you know, and, and that's why it cracks me up when I read these fucking interviews with, like, Lydia Lunch or any of those people. They talk about how, oh, how scary those neighborhoods were, and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah. And I was the kid playing basketball in the park. Right. Right across from where you were, like, doing your, your nasty shit. Right. I'll tell you, anything after midnight is nasty shit. Right. You know, like, yeah. that neighborhood, yeah, I got jumped, of right. course. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, it was like, there were old ladies living in the neighborhood. There were little kids living in the yeah. neighborhood. There's families, you of know. Course. So it really annoys me when yeah. I hear the myth of how, oh, Lower East Side, so, so scary yeah. and tough. Right. It's real, and you know, I'll tell you something. When a Puerto Rican dude is robbing you, yeah, he had he's a gentleman, and he comes up, and he says, "Yo, let me get your money." Right. So he's giving you a moment, right, to say, "Hey, man, I live here. What the fuck are you doing? Why, right. why are you robbing?" And, like, and then 
then we have a little, like a, a little dialogue. And usually I'd get out of it. Right. And when I moved to Brooklyn, totally different deal. Oh, really? Brothers just <laughs> knock you out and take your shit. <laughs> There's no, hello, I'm going to rob you now. Oh, no, no. I'm, like, I'm taking your shit and that's it. I'm Dang, like, no I'm on the ground. <laughs> my, my, my pockets are like, whoa, whoa. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you pay your pants pockets are turned inside turned out. Turned inside out, like yeah. in a flash. And I was right. like, holy shit and yeah. I, I thought I was streetwise and yeah, they, well, they oh, meant man. that shit oh man yeah. and that was back when Crown Heights was called Crack Heights oh, so, yeah. so this is what early 80s mid 80s it's uh it's it's like 86 to 88 oh that's crack era oh yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. Was, New York was, New York was a little it was popping it was popping yeah that <laughs> yeah that's a good word yeah yeah, yeah it was popping for but, sure you know, it had cool shit going on now I can't say that I mean, I'm an old man. I live in Westchester, so I don't know. Right. But when I go into Manhattan... Oh, it's Disney World, man. It's like, I'm like, well, you know, it sucked before because nothing worked and everything was a hassle, but at least there was a reason to go. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, I guess Brooklyn is like the last stand or maybe parts of Queens. Are parts of stand. Brooklyn. Some parts of Brooklyn are not Brooklyn anymore. Like, it's... Yeah, nothing. Well, nothing's like anything was no. anymore. I mean, I was in uh, Forest... No, I was in Flushing. Like okay. last weekend, I was like, "Oh, so this is where Chinatown moved to." Uh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I was like, "Complete oh, neighborhoods move." Yeah, I was like, "Wow!" So it was so, but huger because you know Chinatown was so compact and tiny, right? Which is the Chinatown I grew up in. I went to school in Chinatown, so you know, uh, so it was kind of cool. I was like, "Wow, this is more like felt more like Hong Kong." Right. Than it did like Chinatown. <laughs> but what was interesting is that even though it was like 80% Chinese, I saw a lot of like Indian folks and Hispanic folks, which sure. was which was neat because, you know, in Chinatown, it was just like just Chinese and maybe some Italians and, you know, a couple of Puerto Ricans. But right. essentially it was Chinese. And then you go to a Puerto Rican neighborhood, it was essentially Puerto Rican, yeah. you know, Italian neighborhood. So I like seeing a little bit of mixing. Sure. Because who wants to stand out? I don't. You don't want to stand out? I've been the only white kid in school. I don't want to stand out. You know, you don't <laughs> no, want to no, Those days no, are yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, uh, you know, I mean, I went to a school in Chinatown. I was the only, like, one of the few white kids, you know. And, yeah. Uh, it, was, it wasn't cool. You know, yeah. I mean, it wasn't bad. I learned a lot. Right. You know? But, oh, you know, sure. it's like when you're a kid, it's just kind of, well, I wanted, I would ask my mom to cut my hair straight. I have very kinky hair, and uh, I, I just wanted to be Bruce Lee when I was going to school. Oh, did Which you? Which isn't a bad idea. No, listen, I'm not mad at better, Bruce Lee. Better, you know, it's a good person better. to strive to be like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You He's know? a total badass. Everything's like, what does it say? What is it something about the water? Yeah, be like the water. Be like water. You know, fluid like the water. Yeah. Or something. It's something, something so, like that. We're just butchering that yeah, shit. <laughs> but anyway, more about hardcore. Yeah, so like, so... Uh, you 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 wind up down on the on the, on the Bowery on the Bowery, yes. and then I'm going to assume. I, obviously, correct me if I'm wrong. You stumble upon the A7. Oh, you, you, you oh, hear yeah. you hear rumblings of what got you into the shit show called old school punk rock from back then. Okay, so punk rock. Okay, so like in '75 when it's happening, you know, like at CBGBs, I'm ten, right? And like my parents. Are, are hippie artists, you know, and their friends are younger hippie artists, but they're all kind of 
punky kind of people as well, you know, because they're younger than my parents and they're a lot older than me. And when I was walking around and I'd see these, you know, punk rock people, you know, from like 75, maybe not that early, more like 76, I'd see them and i go, oh, God damn it, what are these what are these fucking adults doing now? Because yeah. you know, I grew up with hippies, and of that course. was that was a living hell for me. So I see these punk rockers, and I'm like, "Why was it a living hell?" Okay, at your house—I don't know how your house ran. My house ran. My house was dysfunction, like fucking crazy. My house was, yeah, my house is totally dysfunctional. They were high and drunk the entire time. There was a lot of pot smoking. Yeah, yeah, and there was like when's dinner? I don't know. You know, <laughs> yeah. and there was a lot of. There's a lot of, is Sean going, does Sean know how to read yet? I don't know. Let's oh, ask him. okay. You know, like total, like, neglect. Disregard. Yeah, it's just like okay. whatever, you know. So, and then I I ran with a lot of hippie kids, and their parents were even more, more fucked up, so they were even more feral. So all these kids were kind of like little animals. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of down on any one dogma. So whether it's being hippie or punk rock, I just find it's like not... And those are those really aren't dogmas. Those are just kind of like fashions, really, to be yeah. honest. So, uh, but anyway, so I was like, oh, fuck, what are these adults doing now? You know, it really pissed me off that it's with these fucking weird clothes and these weird haircuts. And then, <laughs> now, at the same time, I'm a total jazz fusion kid and funk kid. So, okay. so and that's because my friend's older brother, and that's where older siblings come in. My friend's older brother was really into, like, funk. So I got school on funk at a very early age. And then and then another friend, he got hipped to jazz fusion, so I got into that. And when you're, like, a prepubescent boy, jazz fusion, I guess, is like the Yngwie Malmsteen. You know, like, if you're, like, a... If you're a boy in a chocolate city, jazz fusion is Yngwie Malmsteen if right. you're in a white suburb. Gotcha. Right? Yeah. So... So Al, Al Diniola, he's the shit, you know, because he can play 9,000 notes a second. And, uh, <laughs> but then, you know, I don't know at what point, but I, I heard The Who, and okay. it made me, I think I was like, I had just started high school, and I was going, okay, so I went to high school in, in Manhattan called the Art, Arts, High School of Art and Design, and that was a magnet school before they had the term magnet school. So you had to... Do, uh, you had to show your portfolio and you had to do a little art test to get in. Okay. And, uh, but what was different was it was the first, it was 70%. And I'm sorry, I'm breaking everything down into racial, um, racial, uh, stats. Whatever. It's just kind of like how I grew up. It's fine. It was a so, different time. Yeah. So, so, it's not, so you know, it's and, fine. And, and racism has always been a big deal for me anyway. But, it's always been a big deal throughout history. Yeah, yeah. Period. Exactly. It's, it's like then, now. It's, yeah, yeah. So it's all the so, same. So um, in anyway, different ways. Totally. It's all totally. the same. It's all the same shit. Never got Hum- worse humans, or better. Humans are not exactly cool. Right. So, right. So anyway, it was like seventy percent black kids, maybe less, maybe sixty percent. There was like 20 percent Hispanic, then the rest were white. And that was like the most white population I'd ever been in, okay. you know, which was very interesting for me because all my friends were, you know, whatever, you know, sure. it didn't matter. But uh, 
these guys, you know, so I like met white people from the first time, you know, white kids, you know, I mean, I had white kid friends, just a handful from Soho, but I didn't like the Soho kids in general just because they were like, uh, really prissy or something. Yeah. Like, I don't know what it was. And I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a tough guy at all, but, right. but they were too soft even for me. Right. So, uh, all these, all these a little white... too coddled maybe. Yeah. Too yeah, coddled. exactly. Yeah. A little told they were a little too great too much. Yeah. You know? So, uh, so the kid, white kids were like, they're all into rock. And, you know, there was at the time it was like the rock disco thing. And everyone, the black kids would ask me what side I was on. I was like, well, I like jazz fusion. <laughs> you know? yeah. and they're like, what? Yeah. And then, uh, and then the white what kids say, like, yeah, what's better, rock or disco? Jazz fusion. <laughs> right. So, so uh, you know, I'm an oddball no matter where I go. So, you know, but the white kids, I was interested in knowing knowing those people. Now, there's a big difference between white kids from Brooklyn and Queens than I'd say Manhattan. There's like a, there is a, although it's because like the Italian white kids that I hung out with in Little Italy, they weren't so into rock. They were like disco. And, yeah. You know, I mean, their, their agenda was just banging chicks, you know, yeah. whatever they could do. And, and they're like 10 years old wanting to bang chicks, you know, I'm like, <laughs> wow, you're yeah. advanced. So, um, <laughs> So, because I was trying to hang out with these white kids, you know, to know who my people were. Uh, turns out they weren't them, but right. but they did hit me to rock. And I heard the Who, like early Who, not the later Jagoff shit. Right. And I was like, wow, this is really good. And then somebody hit me to Black Sabbath. And I was like, wow, this is even better. Yeah. And I was like, man, this is fucking great. And... uh then I went out and said, oh, I like this rock shit. So I went out and bought a Grateful Dead record going, yeah, this is going to be even fucking better. Yeah. And I put it on. I was like, what? This is the worst piece of shit I've ever heard. This is country music. What the fuck? It's so terrible. And that's why I hate the dead to this day. Yeah, I don't blame you. They have the coolest name. Yeah. Best graphics. Yeah. Best album covers. And they're the weakest, shittiest band yeah. ever. I couldn't agree more. I fucking more. hate them. Yeah. They lied to me. Yeah. They suckered me out of my they money. Did. They and did. I don't have much money. Right. So, like, it was a big deal for yeah. me to take a gamble on this really cool album. They ogie doke you. Yeah. It's fucked up. It was, yeah, I like being played for a show. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so then, uh, but then I, I was like, yeah, rock and roll. And I started listening to rock radio and stuff. And then I was hanging out my, with my friend who was that same kid on the Bowery. He now moved. So I was hanging out with him and, and we were talking. I was like, yeah, I'm into rock now. He's like, oh, really? And we were listening. He had a record going and he was like, yeah, what do you think about punk rock? I was like, oh, that shit, that's faggot shit. Uh, I, hate, I hate punk rock. It's stupid. Yeah. And this is like, this is 79, right? right? So, like, I went, you know, it seems the Sex Pistols on TV and, you know, right. again, oh, stupid asshole adults, you know, do, what are they doing now? Right. right. Because teenagers to me are adults at that of time. Of course. Right? Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so then we're talking and after, after about a minute, I was like, yo, what are we listening to? This is really good. And he's like. This is the Sex Pistols. Yeah, there you go. Like, Wait, isn't that punk rock? And he said, yeah, <laughs> yeah. tell me. Yeah, yeah, stupid. Yeah. So then I was like, oh, I guess I like punk rock then. You and think? then that was, that was it. That was the uh, thing that, that cracked open uh, the bottle for me. Yeah. So, 
So it was the Sex Pistols. And then I, I hit, got hit to the Ramones, and the Clash, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, everything else after that. And the thing that got me to A7 and, I guess, hardcore was, you know, it was just like a natural, natural evolu- progression. evolution or yeah. de-evolution. You know? De-evolution. Because, really, we didn't have much respect for the past. Not that the punk rockers did, but we didn't. I mean, I remember hanging out with some girls that were like making fun of Joey Ramone because he was so old and, and out of it. And this is like 1979. Oh my like, God. Or 80. Like, oh, yeah. he's so, ugh, he's such a fossil. You know, the Ramones, that's so corny and lame. My God. And I was of that same opinion after a while. Right. You know? And I was like, yeah. And then, you know, now it, obviously it's all turned around. But, of course. But yeah, so the first like show that I consider a hardcore show was a Stimulators Bad Brain show. That wow. I see. And that was, I don't know. eighty. I don't know that, I think that's 80. It's got to be 80, 81 at the latest. It's not 81, it's right. like before 81. I yeah. think it might be 79, like yeah. incredibly late 79. But I don't know. That's the other cool thing about the scene, is if the scene started yesterday, yeah. you say you were into it the day before. You know? <laughs> yeah, it, I noticed that a lot. Isn't that crazy? Oh, sure. There, 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 nuts. Thirty-five thousand people were at the first ever Misfits show. Exactly. The place exactly. fucking held twelve people. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it was definitely eighty. I like to say seventy-nine because I like to lie about shit. I get you, but I think it was eighty. Um, HR had had dreads at that point. They were little bitty dreads, but you know and. Harley was skinhead at that point on drums for um, the stimulators. So that was my first like hardcore show. And like the stims were uh, a hardcore band to me, but you know, the bad brains were something else entirely, you know, and that was, yeah, different. I mean, first off, my friend was raving about it because he saw him before I did. And this is the same guy who hit me to, uh, Sex business, like, yo, you gotta see the stimulators, and then you gotta see, and then you gotta see uh, the bad rings. Like, okay, and he said the bad rings were amazing. I was like, all right. And I walked in, and you know, I saw the stimulators, it was great. And I, I had heard the single, and that was, you know, that I'd say that's my gateway drug into the hardcore. Right. And then I saw the bad rings, and I was totally shocked because they're black guys yeah you well know? everybody was, and I, was I, mean, like, I was like wait a second yeah like this doesn't this is black guys are punk rock right exactly <laughs> yeah yeah so um, ignorant mindset oh back then they just didn't know oh, any better God, sure what a, what a dummy but yeah. uh well they schooled me right then and absolutely there, you know and i was like holy shit and then uh i saw them few times after that and you know and then you know black flag started coming by and the dead kennedys i got hip to like you know the dead kennedys first record i guess isn't exactly a hardcore record but they evolved into a hardcore band and also back then it was like yeah there was hardcore that was minor threat circle jerks black flag um bad rings and uh i'm not even going to mention any new york bands because they're also kind of linked to the game for me, you know, yeah. so it was like all the DC bands and all the Boston bands, SSD Control, yeah, SSD, those guys. Because I mean, New York had Crowd at the time. You know, we had a lot of hardcore bands, but Crowd was the only one that anyone knew. And if you listen to Crowd, I mean, they're really not a hardcore band. No. You know, they're they're straight up punk rock band, which is great. Very stripped down. Again. Yeah, you know, they're like I remember they were kind of just dis- they were disfavored because they were too kind of good. 
you know, there was a, there was a feeling amongst the people that I hung out with that they were too slick, too rock, rock starry. Yeah. Oh, you know how to play your instruments. You're not allowed to yeah, learn exactly. how to play your instruments. Well, exactly. this is punk rock. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so, but you know, I, Flipper to me, Flipper minor threat, all of that shit's the same to me. Right. You know? Like so, Flipper. I'll talk about Flipper to yeah. the cows come home because right. I still listen to Flipper. Um, but yeah, so the New York City. So A Seven is my fr- a friend of mine from high school. His singer from his band had hipped him to A Seven, and he brought me down. And oh, I, I had hair down to my ass, by the way, like incredibly long hair because I went in on the whole rock thing. Yeah. Oh, so you stuck out one thing. So oh, yeah. So, yeah. Like so, to, uh, yeah. So, stand out. You're sticking out I'm, big time at this point. I'm, I'm always, I'm always the standout. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, I had dreads before Dane and Surgeon, you know. But, Oof. Uh, so, you know, uh, but there was always somebody with long hair would show up and then they would, you know, cut their hair later on. You yeah. Know? But uh, I got some shit for it. But I was such a, a wallflower anyway. Like, I would, I was kind of very, uh, I was in a shell. And then, you know, then my friend talked me into cutting my hair. So I, you know, I got it, I cut it all off, you know, like a crew cut or something, whatever. It wasn't like shaved and it wasn't like a number two or anything. It was so, a short haircut. It was just a short haircut, you know. And, uh, you know, then I was like official, official hardcore kid. Got the combat boots right after I saw Clockwork Orange, you know. So oh, I got to get combat boots. Uh-huh. You know, so. So you know, it was like a little a little goon in training. And then how did you? And then I guess it's around that time, probably a couple of years. Well, not, not even a couple of years. So if we're in eighty eighty one at this point, yeah, we're talking eighty one now. Yes, eighty. Chris, it was over. It was over uh, Christmas vacation that I got my hair cut. So eighty eighty one eighty one. All right, so yeah. now we're, we're getting in. Now we're we're getting into agnostic front territory. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So my great story about agnostic front is I had seen them. Several times, A sevens, the old days, before, before Roger? Roger, yeah, John Watson, John Watson, maybe even uh, what's his name from Virus, uh, blanking on his name. He he sang with them for a while. Uh, I, I know the dude, yeah, and he's a good guy. I think Jesus Christ, uh, yeah, I have his face in my head. It'll it'll come to me. Yeah. But anyway, people right now are screaming. Like, yeah. Roger, I'm sorry, man. If you're listening to this, you're probably screaming. <laughs> anyway, I thought they were pretty bad. I mean, I thought they were a pretty lousy band right. at that time. Okay. You know? And uh, so I'd seen a lot of band. Anti-Warfare, which had Claudette singing, you know, Leon playing guitar, and Booby on, on drums. Quick question. Did you ever see Vinny Stigma's original band play? The what? Eliminators? No, I never did. Okay. I was I just, just, just curious. No. All right. Um, See, certain times I wish I was a little bit older so I could have saw that shit. I feel the same way about you know? like, television and, yeah. you know, and, like, and Richard Hell and Lloyd Doigts, you know. Right. Uh, uh, oh, so, yeah, the other thing is I, like, I got grounded a lot, so I didn't get out to a lot of shows, you know. So I wasn't one of those kids who ran away from home and went to shows. That's where... You're all in. That's was, where you're all in. I was not Steve Potts, you know. I was not right. those those guys who like. That's where it's like, oh, I don't want to live in a fucking squat. No, I need to live in the yeah, squat. Yes, yeah, like fuck you, mom and dad. Right. I'm moving. I'm moving. Uh, I'm, I'm going to see this show no matter what. Right. Now, my dad was. Uh, he may have been a hippie, but he wasn't light with his hands. Okay. Let's put it that way. Yeah, so I, I, I get it. So I was uh, I was very fearful 
of not breaking the rules. So I wouldn't run away or sneak out of the house because I, I knew what would happen. So right. I, you know, so I didn't go to as many shows as a lot of my friends did. So, um, so then what happened is, is that, you know, graduating high school, we go to college. I go to SBA for about half a semester and I drop out because I hate it. And, uh, my mom, she's like, not a school person. Me, no. no I mean, I hate you know, it. I mean, the reason I got into the art high school is because my junior high guidance counselor said, "Listen, Sean, you can draw all day in this school and not get in trouble for it." I was like, "Oh, cool! There it is. There it is. I'm, yeah. I'm going there." Absolutely. So they. Uh, so anyway, I, I'm like, I, I drop out of college. My mom is. Uh, sick of looking at me hanging around the house. And uh, she sends me, a friend of the family's was working on this boat. Like he was actually renovating this old wooden sailboat in Puerto Rico. So I got, I got a, you know, one of those messenger gigs where you go to Puerto Rico for like 60 bucks and, you know, they declare your luggage and, you know, that's how you get, get your trip. So I go down to Puerto Rico for like four months and I come back, and then I kind of actually don't get back into the scene until I, until I run into this friend of mine again. He's like, "Yo, you gotta go, you gotta go see Agnostic Front at Stevens." I was like, "What? Are you fucking kidding me?" Yeah. And he's like, "That's like they suck." Yeah. And he was like, <laughs> "He's like, no, no. totally different. Nah, like, totally man. They different. Step that shit up." He's yeah. like, "Totally different." And I go to the show, greatest, and I was fucking blown away. I couldn't believe it. And the gang choruses was something like I couldn't believe. I mean, oh, and God. and CBs, and so this is like '83, I guess. And and CBs is just you know quaking. You know, yeah. I just couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, that's really that was the shit. So, uh, so that's what got me kind of back in. Like I gone to college, was dropping. It. Oh yeah, while I was in college, I had that Soho News cover story. I think it was Soho News. Maybe it was the voice, but I'm pretty sure it was Soho News. And that's where they kind of were H Sevens was on the cover of the like the weekly paper. And I was like, oh, that's it. That's gone, you know. Um, but yeah, so that's that's you know, I don't know, rambling on. No, you're not but, rambling at all. So so obviously you always had a knack for drawing. That's what you always do, that's what you always that's what you still do. So how did this whole James Contra? Woo! It, oh, yeah, there it is. I'm like, oh, what? Yes. Yes. There you go. Oh, sorry, James. <laughs> so now, it's funny. Oh, and I saw her. Murphy's Law was playing the same gig <sighs> as me. AF that, that day. Jimmy G is the fucking greatest. And Harley was on drums. This before wow. was when he was, you know, I don't know if, what when he was drumming from how early that was, but it's pretty early on. Yeah, oh, that was and Murphy's Law blew me away. I was like, so holy good. shit! Like, still to this day, they're fucking great. Jimmy's the greatest. He's the best frontman ever, ever. Yeah, yeah, really is. I mean, he is. You know, he should be. He's just a frontman. Yeah, born yeah. frontman. I, I saw him a couple of years back. I've seen him a million times. But I seen him a, few, a couple of years back. They played at the Gramercy Theater. It was Whiplash, Murphy's Law, Nuclear Assault. Wow. Now, it's a very metal show. Yes. You know? And I was there, and I was standing on the stage, and I remember Jimmy saying that he was nervous. He was just nervous. Wow. Like, I don't think they're going to like us, blah, blah, blah. 
me tell you something. Within four and a half minutes on that stage, he turned that entire sold-out room into Murphy's Law fans. Yeah. I, it was the greatest thing ever. He's, he's an amazing It was player. so good. It's such a good time. It's, it's a good time. It's, it's just fun. None of their songs are about kicking the shit out of anyone or being a hard motherfucker. Right. Their songs are about having a good time. Right. And who can argue? Right. You know? yeah. I mean, and it's super punk rock. It you is. Know? So, Absolutely. Uh, and, and I met Jimmy, actually, um, I guess that was in 81, probably. No, I had short hair by then, so it was 82. Okay. And I was at 87s, and I was by myself. I was really drunk, and I saw this guy beating up this little Puerto Rican dude, and I jumped in. And then that dude that was beating up the Puerto Rican dude beat me up, and that was Jimmy G. <laughs> nice! <laughs> yes, and then he was like, yo, man, why did you do that? And I was like, what? you know, I was so drunk. I was like, I'm sorry, you, just, you were just so much bigger than that guy. And he's like, yo, he pulled a knife on me. I was like, whoa, you know. <laughs> and then... We didn't actually meet until much later than that, but he remembered, remembered, hey, you're that guy. I was like, yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Oops. Dutch courage. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so anyway, uh, so yeah, so it was Murphy's Law and AF. That was one fucking killer show. And of then course. I was like, because I had kind of like, I was moving on to like birthday party and other, other crazy things. And then, you know. Hearing like New York bands pretty much sucked in my opinion, you right. know, and a lot of people will probably give me flack for that, but they really did, and uh, or they didn't do the thing that like DC bands were somehow doing, right? And uh, but when I went to that show, I was like, oh, New York has arrived, yeah, because you know, that was unbelievable. There was like it was totally hardcore. It was totally its own sound. It didn't have a DC sound didn't have anybody sound really you know right. so although the big af song is an iron cross song at the time <laughs> yeah <laughs> but that's okay high. yeah but that's, okay. that's you know it's a boilerplate voice song yeah absolutely um but they they brought they brought that song around the world 150 times over uh they made it their own they made it their I mean, own if you're going to cover somebody they did it the right way they absolutely they totally did. made it the right did it the right way i mean i i uh I was an Iron Cross fan from back in the day. Sure. So, you know, yeah. boy, I liked all those. I liked yeah. all those DC. I mean, I saw Agnostic Front last weekend at This Is Hardcore. Wow. And it was 35 year anniversary of Victim and Pain. Their, their entire set, they did nothing but United Blood, Victim and Pain, and Crucified. That's it. Those are my three favorites. And it was fucking incredible. Yeah. Yeah. The whole United Blood 7 inch. All Victim and Pain. Victim and Pain is a great record. And Crucified. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Victim and Pain is the New York hardcore record. I have to agree. Yeah, I, I'd say, yeah. yeah. You know, I'm trying to think of... Who you know who actually maybe realized that? It's kind of, if you think about it, it's like, yeah, it kind of makes sense, but Craig Ahead. Oh, okay. Craig Stein, we were talking, he was like, that record... Put that in a time capsule in a thousand years. What was New York Hawkeye? You put on Victim and Pain, that's New York Hawkeye. Yeah, it was definitely the the most, that was definitely like New York's here. You know, definitely New York is here. It's so incredible. Yeah, so that show was crazy. And and it kind of like, then it went kind of all in to, uh, 
be a hardcore scene. And I was hanging out all the time. And you started doing doodles? I was always doing doodles. Uh, I had the, the fortune, some of my good fortune is that, like, in my school, like, a lot of a lot of future punk rock folks were, you know, were my schoolmates, you know, my high school, like, uh, Harris Mayhew okay. was, like, a really good friend back then. Uh, all the dudes from Armed Citizens, Shock, uh, Gabby from Luscious Jackson was there wow. for like a year or two. Uh, Kamal Ahmed, although I didn't know him back then, it was the second half of the Jerky Boys. Yes. So, yeah, we can. We have to get into yeah. that too. After we get out of the Lower East Side, we can yeah. bounce around a little bit. All right, right. Because that's some classic shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, the, uh, so I went all in for a, uh, I mean, for the hardcore thing and I, you know, I'm not, and I got my head shaved by rabies with Harley and they only shaved my head because they're trying to get Paris to shave his head. He would only shave, you would only let have his head shaved if, if my head got shaved is, you know, one of these drunken <laughs> four in the morning. So rabies, rest rabies, in peace. Yeah, he, yeah. He shaved your head. Shaved my head. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, so I guess it's official, uh, <laughs> but it's the thing. It's like, everyone's got these rules. I'm like, there's no fucking there's playbook. No, yeah. There's no playbook. People yeah, are just yeah. making up shit. As We're they all know. just making shit up. Absolutely. I'm like, I have my punk rock 101 <laughs> book. You right. know, I have my, my, my skinhead appendix of, of how course. that works. <laughs> it doesn't correlate with anyone else's. No, no one's does. And no. you know, like when, I, when people call me, I go, Hey, you you're not a real skinhead because it's this and this and this. And I'm like, yeah, what? Yeah, you're not a real skinhead because it's fucking not 1978 Birmingham, England. Right. Fuck you. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Like, there is no real fucking skinhead. Right. You know, I mean, there was and now there is, but let's just accept the fact that it's anything. Right. Your head is shaved and you stomp around the boots. Right. And you can go, oh, I'm a 69 Trojan skin. I was born in 1990. Right. Okay. That's cool. That's the game you want to play. That's awesome. You right. know? But don't give me shit because I'm not a 69 Trojan skin. Right. I get it. I'm sorry. I like, I really like Deep Dub. Not a huge fan of Scott's. Right. Me neither. <laughs> you know? Me neither. It's great. People are like, how oh, the fuck do you know? Like, uh, I it doesn't speak to me. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm just like, hey, man, give me the fucking three-note bass line with shit ton of echo and, and a melodion, and I'm I'm there. And you're good. I'm good. That's, that's all I need. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, and that's the thing that I like. Hardcore, American hardcore was cool in that there was aspects of both skinhead and punk rock, and then, for lack of a better term, just fucking... Dirtbag loser, you know. Like, yeah, I I had I already had the flannel shirt, the ripped jeans, and uh, you know, and so all I needed was a pair of combat boots and a short haircut. That's all I needed to do, mm-hmm. you know. To I complete the costume. Yeah, I mean to be like a, a hardcore kid. That's that was the uniform or some fatigues or a field jacket, yeah. you know, like. But I do regret, and here I am wearing Fred Perry. Yeah, I, you know the whole. Us adopting the whole like skinhead thing. I think mm-hmm. that's that got us into a lot of unnecessary trouble. A little bit. And New York is arrogant because I think New York thought that they could 
change the worldwide perception of right. skinheads at that time. Although I'd say half of the New York skins were not exactly that interested in changing perceptions. No. So, you know, <laughs> so, you know, yeah. and I can't tell you how many white power Dominicans I know. Oh, it's so crazy. It's, 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 it's like, like, what does what? that even mean? Yeah, Wait, crazy. dude. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. You're just, so not Aryan. It's so not, yeah, you're so not Aryan. Yeah, I mean, come on. You're Dominican. You don't know how to even hardly even speak English, and yeah, you can yeah. play baseball like a motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. You ain't white power, dude. Take that, sc- <laughs> take that screwdriver shirt off. It's just such a, it's a mockery. What it's do you so doing? weird. It's so yeah, weird. It's silly. But New York is crazy that way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know. Um, Do you remember the first flyer you made for any for any show? Okay, the first flyer I ever did was for the Chromax Halloween show. That was your first flyer ever? Was, well, let me think. I, did a, I had done a flyer for a party on Staten Island. I don't know if that counts. And I'd done an Armed Citizens insert. But I hadn't done a flyer. It was my first flyer. Really? Yeah. Okay. And... Uh, well, that's the one that I adopted that's into, this, the one, yeah. into, the, that's, into the available now second flyer well, that, that people yeah. know that are listening now know that this episode dropped because they saw that flyer. So that flyer, thank you for letting me well, alter your artwork. Oh yeah, that was, thanks. I, I deserve all the credit. You do. <laughs> um, so that flyer is what got me a reputation as an artist in in New York and possibly wider area, but. Right at least amongst the local scene, it was like, oh, hey, Sean can draw as well. Besides just being a junkie idiot, right. he can also draw. So it was great for me because it gave me a reason to draw. Like I like we just, I mentioned about Ren and Stimpy. You know, I had a low, I have, I'm fucked up. I have low self-esteem, you know. Like, so having something that I felt was bigger than me, that I could participate in, that's why I'm so grateful to Hardcore, because that's the shit that got me out of bed and had me drawn. Right. Even though I always wanted to be a cartoonist, as you know, from like nine till, till now, you know, I always wanted to be a cartoonist and make my living that way. I couldn't realize it unless it was, if it wasn't for Hardcore, you know. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? It and, is. And it's... it's, it's... And it's and then it's because my buddies were all in bands, you yeah. know, and like Paris was in the Chromax, you know. Yeah. So he's like, make us a flyer. So I did. Make us another one. So I did. So I kept making flyers for them. And then before you know it, Roger, you know, I have like a lot of fans now, you know, like people really dig what I do. And Roger comes up to me, and I think Roger's the first first guy outside of the Chromax to say, Hey, would you like to do an album cover for us? And I was like, Really? Holy shit. Yeah. He was like... Where was this? Where did this take place? You have to remember the time and the place. It was in the afternoon. We were hanging out in Compton Square Park. And he just kind of came up to me and said, Hey, man, you know, we need some art. We'd like you to do do the art. You know, it's awesome. I was like, holy shit. That's great. And it's like... And he said, it's going to be full color. I was like, oh, my God. Never done anything in color. You know, I had, but not for print. So, uh, yeah, so that was really, uh, that was cool. And that changed, that changed the game forever for me. What made you come up with the, the, the whole concept of that oh, okay. iconic fucking record? Well, I asked Roger what he want. He said, what do you want? And he's like, I don't know, anything, you know, hell. Just make it look like hell. 
Did he at that time was there a working title for the record? Did he know it was going to be called? No, Cold that was Line? like a last minute thing that they did. I think it was like a joke that they had played on on Al. Right. Yeah, I think they're like like rubbing his nose in a little bit. Right. Or something. Okay. And that's I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. Uh, but anyway, it's got CFA's name out there too. So absolutely. Um, and half the band. <laughs> At that point, was CFA. Yeah, so it totally yeah. makes sense. Yeah. So, um, yeah, did the uh, Rogers said just do whatever you want as long as it looks like it's hell on earth or just what hell looks like? And I was like, all right. So, you know, did the the big demon skinhead, which is you know you see the origins of that with the Chromags, kind of like devil on, on yeah. the street. So it's like you know, just like grew it grew out of that, and I just you know kind of like didn't know what I was doing. And making that up as I went along. I don't think I even sketched it out first. I think I just started drawing right on the illustration board. Really? Yeah. You had the yeah. guy holding up the, the punk rocker with the gun. Yeah, you yeah. Had the guy yeah. shooting junk. Yes. And yes. The little the, kid shooting junk. The little now, kid. Now, the little kid shooting junk, uh, we'll call him Billy. He's like seven years old. or supposed to be seven or eight. And... That kid I used to draw in my flyers jerking off. And I would hide them in the flyers and and, and blood clot. Like when was, I was that based on a real person? What that kid? The kid. No, no. Maybe some little weird junkie kid or some fucked up situation no, the, no, like the on the Bowery or something like no, no, it, no, it's no. it's it's feasible to think that. Yeah, yeah. But you know, <laughs> like they the junkie kid was uh, a growth from the the, the jerk off kid because <laughs> the the junkie kid I didn't the jerk off kid turned into the junkie kid basically okay because so, he had you know you know when after a while you need a bigger fix right but right. but basically it was like that was sort of my like weird little signature was having this little kid jerking off okay and and blood cop Blood clock came up to me one day and said, Yo, no more jerk, no more babies jerking off. <laughs> and I was like, Okay, man. So then I started hiding, you know. Right. So there's a lot of flyers where you have to look and find a kid jerking off. Oh but, my God. I mean, you know, it's like, dude, you're getting free flyers. You know? Yeah. You know, it's like, I mean, of course, I wouldn't say that to his face because he's a crazy man. Right. You know? All of those guys were insane. Yeah. You were just like, all right, you know, and if you weren't friends with them, you're like sucked. Yeah. You know. I mean I knew them, but I wasn't friends with them. You Do know? you still have the original I sold that. Sold that ten years ago. What the fuck? I mean the original drawing. Mm-hmm. Caught for a long. Yeah, some guy um I should know his name. Um, but I don't, but he owns a record store in Philly. And he's like a deep rooted, you know, hardcore kid, so yeah. I'm surprised that Roger doesn't have that. Roger tried to buy that, I think. Tried to buy that off of me like 20 years ago. But I was in the middle of being uh, trying to make as much money as possible like in a, in a uh, sort of like working as a, as a project manager and uh, doing art on the side. And I don't know. I was just really in the hustle and I just didn't want to deal with anyone from the old days. You know, like he called me and I was like, hey, he's like, you know, it's like, it was weird. I, I was, when I dropped out of the scene, I, I, I kind of, I dropped out of the scene when I stopped drinking. So, okay. So like a lot of, I, I mean, officially I dropped out of the scene for that because I just t- I got tired of going to shows and you know, watching idiots 
fighting and then hearing the same tune over and over again. You know, I got very bored with hardcore around 86. You know, okay. like, I was kind of like, all right, I kind of heard it all. You know, all these new bands that came in, they're, they're fine, but I just, you know, I just spent like the last six years of my life listening to this stuff. Kind of needed something new. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I didn't, I didn't like all the, you know, all the kind of like watching boneheads you know, beating each other up. Right. You know, it's had a matinee. Yeah. It's like, ah, oh, come on, man. We're just trying to have fun. Yeah. Uh, so you did a lot of, I mean, besides the cause for alarm, which I, I, are you mostly known for that album cover? You think probably, probably I'd say that, you know, the, that and life of dreams, crumb suckers, life of dreams. That's my favorite of that era. I think life of dreams is the, the best realization of art and, and music. Gotcha. I think. Yeah, I think that's a stronger piece than uh, than the Cause for Alarm piece. You know? Carnivore, Carnivore. You did in, you did instant retaliation. Yeah, retaliation. But you know, with Carnivore, it's hard for me to take credit for any of that in a way because Pete just had such an iron fist about everything. I mean, I didn't have any selection. The only freedom I got really was in the in the mosh scene. The first, answer. The yeah, answer. the birthday of the Brooklyn Boot Boys. Yeah, I, he, yeah, yeah. He said that was like the only requirement he had: Brooklyn Boot Boys at some point. I was living in Brooklyn. I still didn't even know how to hide from me the the word Brooklyn. It's totally, if you look at it, it's like totally retarded. But, <laughs> um, but yeah. So, so I yeah, I was lucky. I'm glad that I, you know they were my, one of my favorite bands. Uh, you know? Those two records are fucking so fucking incredible. killer. The first one is great. The second one is greater. Yeah, it's, just, it's just unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievably great. Yeah. And uh, rest in peace, Pete Steele. Yeah, Pete and Keith Alexander. Yeah. Yeah, those yeah, Pete I, I never I saw Keith, but I never met him. But I never met Keith. I knew Pete and Louie and more yeah. Pete, but uh, and I also knew uh, Mark, right? Because uh, he was really good friends with Kamal as well. Or Jerky Boys. Okay. See, it's all like we're all connected. It's very weird. And like the Jerky Boys, to me, Wait, we got it. We got to go. Right, sorry. Prong primitive origins. Oh, yeah. Okay, so prong. You like to draw a lot of things with a lot of shit happening. Yeah. Well, I want you to get your money's worth. Oh Jesus Christ! There's got to be a different reason for that. There's so a want, lot of want, a lot of stuff going on. Well, I want you to like first see the cover, and and be be like I want you to have one album in one hand, and then the cover of the album that I did, and I want you to not know anything about either one of those bands, and I want you to buy the one that I did the cover for. That's my goal in life. Okay. And at that time, I was only working for bands I loved, so it was easy, you know. Murphy's Law. Yeah, yeah, all those guys. So well, I didn't do their album cover, but right. I, did some, I did flyers for them after right. Al, after Al left the band. Yeah, but uh, and Al, by the way, did the fucking sickest flyers. You know, he really was. He's an amazing artist. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, I, I uh, did. I, I do that because going back to my funk uh, roots, yeah, your, your your jazz fusion. Even pre-jazz pre jazz is your funk, funk era. My funk <laughs> era, where you know, like when my friend's big brother was listening to Sly and his Family Stone, right? Funkadelic and Parliament and shit like that. Uh huh. I would look at the Funkadelic records, and there was a lot of shit going on in those. You know, like, and I was, 
I would listen to the album and just look at all, you know, there would be flies that were dressed like pimps in the background, and there would be all kinds of crazy shit. That artist's name is Pedro Bell. And I'd say he's like, he and Ralph Steadman, kind of like the biggest influences on me at that time. Okay. You know? And Ralph Steadman, he uh, he did a lot of art for a lot of, he did a lot of stuff for Rolling Stone magazine. Uh, Gerald Scarf, who's like um, his his contemporary, did all the Pink Floyd's, the wall stuff, okay, which is also influential. But I didn't really know about that guy until later. But they both had very similar styles, yeah, so similar that they hate each other. Gotcha. So, uh, but I say both are I, both are equally great, and both are totally identifiably different. Right. Um, so yeah, so also I read Mag, Mag, Mad Magazine. You know? yeah. It's like a Mad Magazine for getting kids. So you know, there's a lot of shit going on in those, oh, uh, especially yeah. the old ones. You know, like the the one with Super Duper Man. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You know, Batman Harry. I mean, you go to the backgrounds of those. It's insane. It's insane. So, so I I just you know that's what I did with flyers and that's what I did with album covers and I want the album cover to have like a lot of impact, but I do want. You know, like, if you look at it a second or third time, see something that you didn't see. Absolutely. You know, because I just feel like that's how art should work. Do you still have any original album covers? I have the Chrome Suckers cover. You do? I do. I have the front and back cover. And uh, how much do you want for it? I don't know. A few grand. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's historic. It is. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Buy the pair. I'll make I'll work out the deal. <laughs> you discount uh, you. Yeah. Um the No Primitive Origins. Oh no. You okay, yeah. That? So what I was gonna say is You don't have that. I thought I was keeping I thought I was keeping track of this shit when I was a kid because I knew that that was the story. Artists got their stuff stolen all the time. Right. right? So I was like, I thought I was really on top of my game. And then like like about 20 years ago, I was looking through my my flat files. I was like I don't have hardly any of my shit. What happened? Yeah. Well, here's what happened. Roadrunner. Unbelievable. You know, would had to own the art outright. So combat uh, was cool. Stuff I did for combat, I got paid less. So I got $500 from combat. How but, were, were, they, were, were they in cahoots with in effect at the time? Yeah. Oh, in effect, it was much later. Okay. So, so okay. combat, which was you know, relativity, right? So, correct. So... I got 500 flat fee for that, but I didn't sign over the art or the copyright. For Roadrunner, I signed over, I think, the copyright and the art. I mean, I never, I never got the original art back. Ah. So Roadrunner has, has that somewhere. I don't know why they had to have the art. You know, transfer of rights, paying me, they paid me 750 So that's fair. For which album cover? Whiplash and and the carnivore covers. So I never so got the piece. Yeah. Okay. But I never got that. I don't have that insert art. You know, I don't know. I don't know who's got that. Oh, man. I did a bunch of flyers from Carnivore. Pete Pete's estate has that ostensibly. You know, right. and I hope you know whoever has it is enjoying it. Uh, I didn't ask for him to keep them. Right. <laughs> it just worked out that way. Yeah. Um, I did some stuff for Jimmy back in the day. Never got that those originals back. And uh, what else? That, you know, quite a few things. Like I saw a fire that I did for Murphy's Law that I had totally forgotten about. Really? And I was like, holy shit. 
that looks like exactly like how I draw, but I don't remember drawing that at all. And it has Jimmy holding a bomb with his, his Liberty spikes, like the Statue of Liberty, except okay. it's in my style and a bunch of craziness. And I like, and it was a very tiny JPEG. I was like, I don't even remember doing that, but it's definitely me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I asked Jimmy about it. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. So I was like, and also I think he's, you know, he's, he lost a lot of his, his stuff with, uh, he had a flood or something. Yeah. So the damn floods and fires, man. Floods and fires. It sucked. So yeah, oh, I don't have a lot. I thought I had a lot more originals. Than I so crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. So now getting from this not me, is it? No, that was okay. Getting to the Jerky Boys. Yes. Oh my God. Listen, that's some funny shit. That's a, still to this day. You still hear people quoting it all the time. Yeah. It's like I think like like two nights ago. My girlfriend said something about she has to go through her closet and for her shoes or something. So that I so, and I was like, what? So you have them? She's like, what? I'm like, no, nah, nothing. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's all, it's constant. It's yeah, so yeah, constant. Yeah. It's the greatest. Yeah. So I have them. Oh, oh, and my glasses. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, Saul's great. Saul's the greatest. Although Jack Torres is actually my favorite. I just love his, like... I'm not going to take that shit and <laughs> firing bricks at me. Yeah. Like, oh, I want to show you I'm gonna my share. toolbox. One way is old hats. One way is old I was just like, oh my God. And then I put, I forgot what he put up his ass. Uh, yeah, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I really, something about, well, I like the characters that are sort of like, I, well, obviously, I like Frank Rizzo. I mean, I love them all. Frank Rizzo is great too. Yeah, it's yeah. like Saul when he when it's it's where he blows his fingers off with the fireworks. Oh, Steppy, he, he's like he's like he's like I don't he's like Steve. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's really I he's like I really did it good this time. <laughs> I really don't see any fingers. Maybe because that's because I'm numb and stingy. Like, <laughs> what does that even mean? I really did it good this time. I'll see you later with my nub. It's hysterical. See, you actually are remembering it. Oh, I listened to that mean, shit over and over yeah. for a long time. That was soundtrack for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Constantly. So how did you get hooked up with that? And you did, you did a bunch of all. Uh, yeah, they actually were, I'd say, the best clients I ever had. I can imagine. So, like, when Prong got signed to a major label, all of a sudden... Like they Epic or some they, shit. Yeah, they went and, and they got... Puss had to do the art, you know. But back to different records. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a great record. Great. Uh, um, but yeah, like so, like so, bands would often drop me after the first, you know. And there's no reason to have me, you know, more than one record. You know, I had this idea that I would be like, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Roger uh, Roger Dean, the Yes artist, the guy who did all the Yes covers. Okay. I had this idea that I'd be like kind of like the Roger Dean for a lot of these bands. Like they would just, we would just keep doing these things together. But, you know, I'm in service of the band. You know, it's, right. not, it's not a real collaboration. Right. Uh, so, you know, I had, you know, like I said, that whole like you know, starving dog scrabbling for a bone, you know, anytime a band that I worked with go move on to someone else, you know, I'd get pissed off, you know, which is totally immature and right. dysfunctional, but that's how I was. Um, so with the Jerky Boys, I think that's the best match of my style with material. Okay. I mean, because to me, first of all, 
every time I get a, an art assignment from a hardcore band, they always say, okay, we don't want anything cartoony. <laughs> All right. I'm a cartoonist. Right. You're asking a cartoonist to do some work. Right. It's going to look kind of cartoony. Right. It's going to look cool and fucked up, but it's still going to be cartoony because that's what I am. I'm yeah, a cartoonist. That's what I do. That's what I do. And if you look at your arms, all of those things you've got tattooed on you They're are all cartoons. cartoons. Yeah, you so, got cartoons so all over So cartoons aren't soft. Right. In quotes. quotes. You know? <laughs> yeah. Cartoons can be hard. Yeah. Uh, it sounds so, like any stigma. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it can be hard. It's got to be hard. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's great record. It's hard. Yes. Well, I'd say that's my big, that's one of my criticisms about that whole scene. It's like everything was, had to be hard. Oh, yeah. like, could we fucking relax yeah. and have a beer? <laughs> fucking got to drink the beer hard. Yeah. Everyone's, <laughs> oh, my God. Lay off the tough guy shit for a minute. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, so Jerky Boys, <laughs> Kamal went to art and design. He's, he, uh, his dad owned a building on 6th Street. He had an apartment there because he was a ne'er-do-well son of this, you know, of his dad. <laughs> and and uh, he drank at the same places that I drank. And we all knew each other. And then when I moved to Brooklyn and I got married, um, he would call me like... You know, every once a week, and he would have more tapes that he had done with with Johnny. Right. And I had and I had a speakerphone, so I put on a speakerphone, and my wife and I would be cracking up. Right. Know? And I go, I, and I finally said, "Come on, I don't know how you're going to do this." Right. But you've got. First of all, I would beg for him for copies of the tapes. No, no, we don't want it to get out. Oh well, no! I'm like, right. Why? Well, what the fuck are you talking about? Right. So. But then I was like, come on, I don't know how you're going to make money on this. Yeah, how you're how you're, I don't know how you're going to get this out there. I have no clue. But if you ever need art, just give me a call. Yeah. So sure enough, like a year later, I got a call. Do a t-shirt for them. And uh, is it a t-shirt? Yeah, it was a t-shirt. So I did a t-shirt for the Jerky Boys for their 1-800 or 1-900 number. It was more one nine. What were those? Pain nine seven six jerky. Yeah. Well, there was there was nine hundred numbers. Were yeah. And then there was the like nine seven six. I think yeah. was another one. Yeah. So they then, there was a couple before the records, like in between the when the taste spread like wildfire, and I got people calling me from Alaska saying. Yo, Sean, is that you on that tape? And I was like, No, man, no. But I know the guys who did it. He's like, ah, I knew it. Right. You know, so it was it was crazy to be in right in the right place at the right time. Yeah. But they had a guy track them down, became their manager, and like everyone else, it was a bad deal. But he uh, he got them a one eight one nine hundred one nine nine seven six number. And to advertise that, we made bumpers, stickers, and T-shirts. And that's where Frank Rizzo came. And then Frank Rizzo... Uh, I'll wrap your fucking head in with a ratchet. With a ratchet. I drew a wrench because a ratchet wasn't as graphic. No, a ratchet... But I do know what a ratchet looks like. Yes. He's going to draw a big, extra, big ratchet. Yeah. And a wrench is, you know... A wrench is like... It's easy. harder. It's much harder. No moving, <laughs> no moving parts. Exactly. Yeah. Forged steel. Yeah. Tempted. Tempted. Yes. <laughs> uh, so... So that was great. That was yeah. fucking great. 
And then there was this. Then you did their first a, album cover. I did. They they were the best clients. What did they do? They did four CDs. I think they did. I have four of them. I know for a fact. I still have the last one. I did was the fourth one. Okay. There was one after that, which was the fifth one, and I didn't do the art. I'm not familiar with it. Okay. Yeah, of course not, because that See? the magic was over. They did. ST they stopped using me. Yeah. My boy, yes, you know, you know what? to be found on that one. When the numbers are are plummeting, it's the album cover. That's right. the thing that's holding. It. Well, you gotta yeah. have a new. You gotta have a different artist to do the album because clearly the sales are because same art. Uh, but anyway, mm-hmm. I, I don't mean to sound sour grapes because absolutely not. They were the best yeah. fucking clients I ever had. <laughs> I had so much work with them that I got enough money for a down payment on a house in Westchester. So fucking I got awesome. to do four album covers, one movie poster, and one book tie-in. Fucking unreal. Yeah. So, I mean, they were great. They brought me from... Day one, I was with him, and, you know, Kamal and Johnny did a Martin and Lewis thing, and I think part of that was just because their manager set it up with Johnny making 60 and Kamal making 40. And, you know, even if Johnny is 60, or let's say he's 75, you're not going to work with somebody that's your, like, good friend that you've known forever as a partner and, you know, be cool with having an uneven split. Right. You know, and I just was like, oh, that's going to be trouble. Yeah. And it was. And the thing is, is that Kamal had a lot of bits that would go on much longer. Yeah. And they kind of get deeper with the person that they was talking to. And it's like, yeah, maybe Johnny is like, maybe he's 80, you know, for the first record or two. But then like, if you have a long view strategy, then, you know, Kamal will be the 80, like, two records down. Right. You know, like, they're both really great. Yeah. I mean, yes, Johnny's got the iconic shit. Of course. Kamal's stuff really grows on you. You know, like, yeah. Kamal would get, like, he did this one about being an old man, calling, like, the ASPCA, saying, oh, this dog, it just keeps jumping on me. And he's like, I keep hitting it with a cane. And, like, <laughs> yeah. and you can hear the guy, like, like, okay, you're an old man, and you can't, you're... Can't help it, but yeah. I can't. Yeah, you know, it's like yeah. you can really hear the how befuddled yeah, the he guy. Was also the Egyptian magician. Yeah, he's Egyptian magician, and he's also Tarbosh getting his uh, teeth pulled out. Yeah, hysterical. Of he's screaming. Yeah, <laughs> and the <laughs> operator's laughing. He's like, "Why are you laughing at my face?" <laughs> yeah. I wake up my pants on Why are you laughing, my friend? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's very funny. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, he was good. I mean, it's it's. I'm really, I'm still very sad, sad by that what happened. Yeah. Between so they, are they both, the, like, they just don't... They're oil and water. They just, you know, just yeah. totally... I, I forget when it went, was official, but yeah. it kind of... It started with sour grapes, almost, almost from... Once there was money involved, and it's not that money ruins anything, it's the fact that it was, like, it was a perceived inequity of, the, you know, the money. Right. So we're 50-50... Money would have been an issue, right? But you know, look, I'm I'm an artist. I've got a big ego. Kamal is this amazing bass player, and then he's also this incredibly funny guy on the phone. So he's got an ego. Was he in any bands? I don't Do know. know. I don't know. He's a phenomenal bass player. Holy shit, he's good. He plays Bach on fucking bass. Really? He's really amazing. It's like a rush. He's a rush guy. He can sing like Getty Lee and play 
play bass, and he's like, he's a really phenomenal bass player. Yeah. Anyway, so he's got an ego. Uh, Johnny is doing this great thing, so he's got an ego. We all got. If you're in the if you're human, you've got an ego. So you can't have egos get along with each other if it isn't like an equal fucking split. Right. So like you know, uh, that's why bands like suck. Because everyone's got a fucking ego. Yeah. You know? And that's why they usually have to have one super ego, otherwise, to keep the other ones in line. Yeah. It's just like, it's a a drag. Yeah, man. So, I don't know. What do you have have coming up? Oh, wow. Um, What are you working on? What what, What do you have coming up? Where can people find you? If someone uh, wants a piece of artwork from you, can they do that? They they can do that. They can do that. Okay. my uh, uh, I've done more hardcore art in the last ten years than I think I ever did. You did a backtrack record cover recently. That knew you did backtrack. Backtrack? No, I don't think I know those guys. You did something for backtrack. I did. Oh God, that's really embarrassing. Uh, I want to say you did, or it was somebody who was very similar to you. Who knows? You did twitching tongues. I did twitching tongues. Yes, right. that was good. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I've I've done a lot of I've done a lot of. I did stuff for mental, uh, crazy, like a lot of bands. I can't even remember right. off the top of my head. Um, but so, yes, I'm available to do uh, freelance work. Freelance work, yes. And I've actually done some mosh commissions. So now I'm the. What the hell's a mosh? A mosh commission yeah. is. What is that? Well, first of that all. You speak of. I am the. I am Hieronymus Mosh. Okay. That's my, my title. Not Hieronymus. Bosh. But Mosh. So, Funny, I watched a movie last night. It's a background artwork by Hieronymus Bosch. Great artist. Devil's Reign. I watched it last night. Oh, it's a great movie. I watched Ernest Borgnine? Yes. Excellent. William Shatner, yes. Ernest Borgnine. The Perfect. makeup in the end is so fucking <laughs> stellar. It's yeah, crazy. It's really good. It's crazy. Um, <laughs> to be Hieron- uh, for the Hieronymus, Hieronymus Mosh thing uh-huh. is uh, uh you call me, you, you contact me and say, listen, I'd like you to do a drawing of a mosh scene. Usually it's like, oh, you know, I was from, you know, the Oxnard scene, so could you like do some, put some Oxnard shit in there? And then I had another one where it's like, you know, that insert you did for Carnivore is the shit, could you do something like that? Right. So I will do for an outrageous sum of money like a 10 by 10, very unsized, but like an album, you know, like a square mosh scene that's got a ton of shit in it. Just way more than any of my flyers, way more like that thing that I did, the thing that I did recently that was an homage to uh, to the uh, insert. The carnivore insert. carnivore insert was way, way more shit going on. Like then, a thousand yeah. times more shit, got more shit going on than the, the original. Right. And a thousand times better. I mean, I I get it. The magic was that. I'm not ever gonna. Match did you do, that. did you do the big the big AF with the? No, no, that's Niels Koizumi. Okay. And he uh, he used to his graffiti tag was Wampum, and he okay. signed it Wampum. So okay. 
Yeah, that, that was Niels. He was uh, another kid. I'm just know. thinking of all these illustrations yeah. of Mosh and uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Right, so you, you so 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 you are. I'll do person. Yeah, Hieronymus Mosh. And I you'll do, do a big Mosh scene. I'll do a Mosh scene commission. Right. Um, you know, for, for not personal, a lot of money. For you know, for fair sum. Right. And uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not like Robert Williams. You'll never. <laughs> Be able to afford that, right? But um, and then I, uh, you know, then if you have an album coming out and want some art, I'll do that. You know? Yeah, uh, I do paintings; they're not hardcore, so I don't know if I get any crossover from that. But I do you never know. You never know. Yeah, you listen, know. somebody, somebody who screams at people in a, in a hardcore band or something like that. Maybe like some way during a conversation is. There's ant fucking flow over there mm-hmm. who likes, you know, fine art. And a conversation happens, next thing you know, ant flow is giving you a ring. Let me just put the brakes <laughs> on that. It may be painting, but it's not fine art. <laughs> you know. I have shown in galleries, but it's still not fine art. Fine art people don't like my work. Okay. It's too cartoony. Oh, yeah. That's there right. you go. I forgot See? about that part. Oh. Uh, damn cartoon <laughs> shit, man. God damn it. <laughs> it isn't it isn't completely abstract or people suffering. It's not real art. Right. So I'm like, okay. But it's fun. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, just look, look for me on Instagram or Facebook. What's your Instagram thing? Do you know it? I think it's hashtag Sean Tiger. I think it's as simple as that. Or is it Sean Tiger Art? Oh, I don't even think I had the the brain power. You didn't have the wherewithal to put yeah. the art at the end of wherewithal. That's the word I was looking for. You yes. like that? Yes. Wherewithal. I didn't have the wherewithal to like truly market myself. Yes, mm-hmm. it is Sean Taggart. There you go. Well, there's only one. Except when you're on Twitter, there's 35 others. Do you have a Twitter? I did until I friended all the other Sean Taggarts in the world. And then Twitter told me I couldn't do that, and I just stopped using Twitter. So you're not on there. So, yeah. so forget Twitter. Fuck Twitter. Yeah, Twitter's annoying. I have Fuck a Twitter account. Twittering tweets. No, you have to. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm probably going to have to get one eventually. I don't have a lot of followers on it. I do it because it's part of the, the three, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. So actually, I am... Follow you. Oh, Howie Abrams and Mike Gallo from Agnostic Front. Follow Sean Taggart. Shell Supremes. Yes. I I am now currently following the gentleman myself. I'm surprised that I'm not already. So that's where you'll see my paintings. Like, I'll I'll put my paintings up there. And I have a group called uh, Sean Taggart NYHC on Facebook. I haven't really put anything up there in a long, long time. Why not? Uh, Because I've just been thinking about other things or doing other things. Probably thinking about it. And here you are right now. There I am. All right. Well, I am joining the group right now. Oh, thanks. I will, well, you're very welcome. Because I'm going to post a flyer so that people can listen. Hey, to that's a good idea. <laughs> that's the whole point of social media, Sean. <laughs> Get yeah. shit out there. I keep forgetting. <laughs> I just, this is why, you know, artists are clueless, man. You know, we, listen, it's, it's a stereotype, but it's true. It, I get it. I mean, well, you know, sometimes I find it to be annoying and it's, it's sometimes a little much because like you and I both know, like the days of only being on the corner with a flyer handing them out is long gone. It's so much this fun. This is, it was so much fun. I've done and This that. is the new way. Yeah. I, I did too. Yeah. And I've, but I've tried doing it recently and people are just, don't even understand what's right. happening. It's yeah. like 
It's like giving a, a teenager a rotary telephone and say, okay, now oh, work cool that thing. You know? yeah, so cool. it's like, oh my God, I'm such a fossil. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. Oh, get... So what, what are you listening to? What like, do I listen cur- to? Currently. Like, what's the current, you know? Um, well, I still listen to a lot of old, old, older stuff. You know, I mean, AF is always in my rotation. Mm-hmm. Sick of it all is always in my rotation. The Chrome Eggs, of course. Um, I love the band Terra. Mm-hmm. Love that band. Mm-hmm. Wisdom and Chains from PA. Mm-hmm. Incredible band. Um, I do listen to a lot of hip hop, underground stuff. Nothing that you'll ever hear on the radio. Not mumble rap. No, no, <laughs> no, none of that. I like to listen to shit that makes you start googling shit to be like, what the fuck? Oh shit! Next thing you know, you're learning something. So, who are you listening to? Like hip hop wise? Yeah, hip hop wise. Um, a lot of Jedi mind tricks. Vinny, Vinny Paz. Heard of him? He well, he's a. One of the members of Jedi Mind Tricks, oh, but he also okay. does solo stuff, and he right. also does a thing with Ill Bill, yeah, who yeah. was from nonfiction. Ill right. Bill used to, his brother is Necro, right, and right. Ill Bill used to be oh, a so crash. Are you on Super Coven, yeah. <laughs> Did yeah. I blow it? <laughs> no, Super oh, Coven. That's yeah, that's, yeah, that's Gore-Tex. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I had I reached, I had Bill and I had oh, cool. Gore-Tex yeah, on yeah. two different times. Here. Oh, right on. Yeah. Right on. yeah, yeah. So like all of those guys, like. Right. Like, there's a record that, I mean, I, I've spoke about it with him on his episode with Ill Bill. There's a record that he did. All the beats are from DJ Muggs from Cypress Hill. Right, right. It's DJ Muggs versus that Ill Bill. That dude is a fucking genius. It's ridiculous. That first record is unbelievable. The first Cypress Hill. Yeah, first Cypress Hill record. Oh, there's so much amazing fucking, shit that he's done. He He's like a, he's like Beethoven of hip hop. I mean, the, the way he puts samples together. It's ridiculous. Unbelievable. Yeah. He's, he's really, that's very incredible record. There is a record that it's so, it's brilliant. It's, it's probably in my top five hip hop records ever. And it's DJ Muggs versus Ill Bill, and the record is called Kill Devil Hills. Mm. I'll check it out. It's the opposite. It's the, the, you can't get more opposite than mumble rap because he talks about so much shit, and there's a lot, and it's right. it makes you think, and like it's like, hold on, pause. And now you're fucking Googling shit about the fucking earth and the distance between the earth to the moon's terrain and blah, 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 blah. And how many fucking neural threads in your brain it takes from going to the earth to the moon's terrain. But he only needs nine millimeters to think. It's so crazy. And it has you. It, that's the shit that I like. Cool. Some of it I like that they'll put out certain stuff that's ignorant on purpose, right? Just, right. It's just, just having fun, right? But then there's certain things like there's a song like my friend Vinny Pass, who who's from Jedi Mind. He's Jedi Mantrix. He does a thing with Ill Bill. They do a thing together, and it's called Heavy Metal Kings because they're both right, old right. hardcore metalheads, right? Right? They yeah. are so. Yeah. So um, they have that, and then Vinny has another project that he doesn't do very often, but it's called Army of the Pharaohs, and then he did this thing, and he does so much shit, and there's a song that he has, and it's called The Void, and there's a whole bunch of stuff that he says, and there's one line in it, and he says, ask Ramona Africa, she'll tell you not to move here. Mm -hmm. Now, he's from Philly, 
Right. So now I'm like, oh, wait, I know who that is. Right. Well, yeah. I, I didn't really know. Yeah. But then I'm like, all right, pause. Google, who is Ramona Africa? Then I find out she's a survivor move. of the move bombing yeah. and this and that. And next thing you know, I'm on three months of watching move documentaries and listening to podcasts. And my mom knew some of the some of the folks from Move back when they were from New York before they moved down to Philly. Down to Osage isn't, Avenue. Yeah, isn't that crazy? It's crazy. That's how small the world is. That's the hip hop I listened to. Oh, that's good shit. Right. I'm glad they know their history. Yeah. You well, that, that I appreciate that. That yeah. it's not just this blah blah blah. My bitches. It's the worst. I, 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 have, no, I have no time I have for no, it. You know, you know, unless it's incredibly fun. Right. Like, which it rarely is. Right. But like, I could listen to Ghostface from the Wu Tang Clan. Sure. And 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 his, his certain things he says is completely ridiculous. It's like, does that even make sense? But it makes sense in a very weird, cryptic way. Some of his shit doesn't rhyme, but that's what you get with him because he's crazy like that. Right. So I get it and I appreciate for what it is. Right. You know, but as far as hip hop, yeah. So it's like, it's like Vinnie Paz, Jedi Mantra. So I always listen to Wu Tang and some of this, you know, most of this solo stuff. Um, there's a, long, a, a guy from Long Island, his name is Diabolic. Who is awesome? Sounds familiar. He's great. He, ha- I had him on three different times. Oh, we cool. talk hardly any music. We just talk all kinds of craziness. And he's just. Did you talk about the movies? Diabolic movies? No. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And the soundtracks are great. Yeah. Uh, I think Sergio Leone. Oh, I'm them. all in. They're fucking great. All in. It's a Dino De Laurentiis special. Okay. And it's it's mid sixties crazy shit. Nice. Fantastic. I'm all in. Um, yeah, it's totally style over substance, which is the way to go, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Um, you know, the crafts were like that for me when I was like when I was listening to records. You know, and I came across the crafts. I'd say are kind of like a precursor to hardcore. In a way. Yeah. So I listened to crafts a lot, and I got a big ass education about like actual anarchy versus you know. Anarchy of, yeah. of the Sex Pistols, right? Which is fun for grabbing headlines, but right? The actual like theoretical—it's a really good gimmick. Yeah, yeah, right. But right. you know, you actually go into it; it's actually right. really, you know, it's like, oh, well, this is mm-hmm. a real cool philosophy, and you know, I get it. You know, yeah. I can understand it now. I get it. But yeah. so, but that's what I love about like when you're young, and it's cool that even when we're older, we're still learning shit from sure. the music we listen to. Yeah, just how cool is that? Yeah, you know, it's awesome. It's great. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I, and that's like, I always go back to the things that spoke to me when I was younger. Like, even, even, like, I never, I mean, this thing right here, it's so many nicotine, but like I said before, like, I don't drink, I don't do nothing. But there was times I was out of my mind. Sure. But while I'm out of my mind, I'll listen to Break Down the Walls all day long. Mm-hmm. Like, that youth and today shit, I love that shit. Right, right. You know, so I'll always go back to that kind of stuff, you know. There's probably about thirty records that's the majority of the shit that I listen to. Right. You know. Yeah. You know. I mean, as far as like newer bands, like there's a band Regulate. That's a really good band. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, on podcast time, but last week I did uh, an episode with the singer Sebastian, uh-huh. who in real time I just did it a couple hours ago. Wow. Um, so you get today before, before I've been talking a lot today. I, I, uh, I'm. I, <laughs> Um, Jimmy the Windbag. All right, all right, that's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah, um, but um, 
Yeah, so like Regulate and like, like I said, like Wisdom and Change is a great band. I don't know if you're too familiar with them. Not but, too familiar. Oh, uh, they're, they're not, they're, they're heavy, but they're, there's, there's, they're, they're very different. They're, um, there's, they're hardcore stuff and then there's a lot of sing-along stuff and they're very groovy and the singer isn't yelling like he actually has yeah. a voice. It's, it's great, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's great. They're from PA. I'll always uh, my go-to record, no matter what, is always going to be Quicksand Slip, right? All right. the time. I remember yeah. the when I heard Quicksand, I was like, "Wow, that's a really good band, but they're not hardcore at all." No, they they're were way band. ahead of their time. I'm like, they're just a straight-up great rock band. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. you know, I was like, they're great, but yeah. I mean, this, this isn't hardcore at all, right. Right. you know. But they're a great band, yeah. You know, so yeah, when people would try to hit me to them early, back in the day. Oh. Well, this is great. It's a yeah. hard part. I was like, and frankly, I don't need to listen to any more hardcore. So right. it's refreshing. Well, there's some, I mean, I try to keep an open mind. There's a lot of stuff nowadays that's very redundant. Yeah. yeah. A lot of it. Yeah. It takes kind of a lot to be like, wow, like that's fucking really good. You yeah. know, like I'll always listen to like Death Threat and Terror, Sheer Terror, Leeway, like all those old records and stuff like that. They'll never be out of rotation for me. Well, it's kind of hard because, I mean, that's the thing that, you know, that you imprinted on and helped you identify, you know, like develop your own persona. Oh, without a doubt. And that's why people, you know, like you talk to people in their 60s, are going to talk to you about how great Hot Tuna is. Of course. What the fuck? Or, oh, Can't Heat. They're really great. Hot Tuna, Can't Heat. Yeah. What's with all this warm shit? I don't know. So, anyway. (laughs) So, it's the same thing with us. Like, I can listen to Strangers until the day, until the, until the cows come. Sure. I I even like their new shit, like their stuff in the 80s that I hated. But, like, Stranglers was one of the first bands that I got into when I got into punk rock. So, like, Stranglers. So, like, I'm as cliched as all those old folks I used to make fun of. But I am looking for new music all the yeah. time. You know? this, That's um, why I was asking. Well, there is, um, see, what I, what I find awesome is that there's guys that are, like, my age, maybe even a little bit older, that are from the old school era of that old school negative approach type shit. Yeah. That now they're making bands. They don't. They don't do it like to look for a career. They just do it just to do it. But there was a band that they're no longer anymore. But they put out like six or seven EPs within like a year and a half. Wow! So much, and they're a band from Philly called Dundeal. Dundeal, and they. It sounds like they were recorded it in a garage in 1982. Wow. But it's like 2017, 2018. Right, right. It's not that bad of production where it's like, all right, you know, but it just sounds that dirty. Right, right. Because they're from that era. So they're like, yo, fuck all this other shit. This is what we're doing. We're kind of bringing it back a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And it's just grimy and dirty sounding, which I love because it's almost refreshing because it's a new version of the old. Right. You know? Well, whenever I hear like, like a band from 82 from like California. Like that's what hardcore used to sound right. like. Right. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's another band that 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 um I think they they had something going on and they took like a little bit of a haze, but now they're back now. I don't know exactly what capacity, but they released some music and it's a band they're also from, I think they're from a couple of guys are from Philly, I think, and Delaware. Um it's a band called Ring Rust. Interesting. Oh, uh, it's just just dirty. It just sounds just 
just trashy, filthy sounding. Cool. It's really it's hard. It's hard. It is, but it but it's it's just it's 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 like I said, it's like a new version of the old, which is right. kind of cool. Right. That's now that's funny because I don't like the hard, but right. I like the heavy. It's it's I heavy. love fucking heavy. Yeah. Right. Well, ring rust is heavy. anything that's heavy. I like, yeah, you know, it's not, but I don't like modern, a lot of modern metal because it's either, I hate the, the screaming, right, sometimes it's screaming, too much, and then the, the, you know, the Cookie Monster voice, yeah, and, and again, they, they're all sounding the same, it's like, dude, you know, there's other ways to be heavy, you yeah, know, you don't have to be, right, like every, like your favorite band's heavy, right, you know, it's just so annoying, yeah, I did find one band who I don't think are all that great, which are called uh, Death Rides, no, Death, Death, The Pale Horse Named Death. That's um, Sal from Typo Negative's old band. Okay, well, they, they used to play one, drums. And there's one song. Matt that, Brown, I think, maybe played bass or guitar. Okay. I had and, him on. Okay, yeah. They have one song called Die Alone. That's okay. fucking great. Okay. Seven minutes of, you know, just. Fuck it, you, you shouldn't die. I mean, that you should. You, we should all die. It doesn't matter. Right. And the rest of the record is, you know, like Alice in Chains. Not, you know, it's very Alice in Chains. And I, I love Alice in Chains, right. but it was like too close to Alice in Chains. Okay. Whereas this thing was like, someone could say, oh yeah, they, they sound. Actually, one of the comments was like, sound like typo meets Alice in Chains. Right. Well, you're gonna get that typo. I didn't really know. There was a dude from Typo in the band. Sal the drummer. Oh, far out. Yeah. Interesting. Sure, played drums for like Bagony for a while. Oh, wow. Yeah. Small world. Yeah. I didn't even fit, I didn't even pack those guys for being from New York. You know, I was just yeah. like, huh. I don't know where all of them from, but I know, but I know that Sal wasn't that bad. Wow. True. Yeah. It's a trip. Crazy. Well, you want to like just call this or? Yeah. Let's look. Yeah. Unless there's anything else, if, if there's anything people need uh, to keep an eye out for, anybody that's listening with kids, some, some of, uh, Sean's cartoon work for the children. Uh, Sean Taggart's for the children. I haven't done any. Sean Taggart's for the children. One eight seven seven. Cause for kids. Sorry. No, it's I'm gonna punch that kid in the face. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm gonna be driving home, and that song. You're gonna be, be listening like, to that. Yeah. Uh, oh, God, that little jingle is annoying oh. and catchy like a motherfucker. That's, that's genius, right? <laughs> it is. You know the guy who wrote the butter? Yeah. I'm loving it. Yeah. That dude killed himself. Did he really? Yeah. And I was like, you know, it sucks, but I'm kind of like, he deserved it. Yeah. Because that shit was so stuck. <laughs> and now you're going to be doing that for at least in the next day. I know. It's good. I appreciate that. I'm loving it. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> so do you listen to anything like outside of like hardcore and hip hop? Um, I do, but I don't know exactly like if I... Go to it. Like, I, I'm not a music snob. I don't right, listen right. to mumble rap. <laughs> Country music pisses me off. Well, it depends. For the on, most part. It's like everything. old school, yeah. old outlaw shit. Uh, like, yeah. with heavy motherfuckers. Like, I'm in. Right. But so I ain't Brad Paisley isn't cutting. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what you said. <laughs> That's good. Just as well. Yeah. I mean, I don't like any of the uh, modern country. Yeah. Um, Nah, it's most, and you know what I find myself listening to a lot, believe it or not, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen to a lot of people just talking and shit. Oh, okay. I do. I mean, I, I listen to a lot of different comedians, podcasts. I listen to, 
It's one of my favorites. It's called The Last Podcast on the Left. Huh. It's it's three guys who are actually funny, and but they talk about really horrible shit. That's good. They talk nothing but like serial killers and mass murders and true crime. Oh my god, that was so bummy. But no, but see, the, the genius part about it is that like they they even say it. Like there's a few episodes they'll do series. They'll do like the heavy hitters, like you know, of course, the Dahmers and the Gacy's and the Mansons and the blah blah blah. But then they'll go into some shit like the toy box killer. Right. And he was like some dude in New Mexico, back to New Mexico. Wow. Well, New Mexico's a fucked up. Right. And they even said, they're like, listen, like, this one is fucking crazy. Not like we don't talk about crazy shit, but this one is a little, a little extra crazy. Right. So they would actually, like, stop for a minute and, like, on purposely, like, crack dumb jokes. Right. Like, to make a little levity. Right. And even though they'll be talking about, like... Jeffrey Dahmer, who was a sick bastard to say the very least, and yeah. they'll they'll make a character out of him, and they'll blah, 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 and they'll they'll make it funny, right? Be, or else you would throw yourself off the building. Listen yeah, to all yeah, shit because yeah. it's all true, and they have a research team, and it's a very well produced show, and it's all facts, yeah, good, yeah. bad, ugly, and different. And this is what happened, and this is the deal. Right. So they need they have that levity. Right. It's right. crazy to listen to the the most horrible things that people have done. And I feel almost weird and guilty a little bit because I'm like walking around at my job and listening to horrible shit, but then this one idiot is making a mockery of something, and I'm kind of laughing. Well, so it works. It works. You know, it's like uh, that's humor. humor. Right. Humor is about like kind of like yeah. So I listen to a lot of podcasts, yeah, and I listen, cool. depending on who he has on. Like I listen to a lot of Joe Rogan. I listen right. to Joey Diaz, who's just a fucking maniac. Mm-hmm. You know, I haven't really listened to any podcasts. So no, not in that world. Not yet. It's just basic. It basic, it's just like talk radio. It's talk radio. Yeah, that's all it is. Yeah. Where, where at this point, unless you have huge sponsors, you can say whatever the fuck you want. Right. right. You know. That's cool. That's yeah. why I like it. Free form. It's just bullshit. And there's no. Talking. You can have a podcast. It's ten minutes long. You can have a pod, and then like the same, next week, an hour and a half. We can go ten minutes. We can go ten years. Four hours. Like there's a guy Dan Collin. It's called Hardcore History. Has nothing to do with hardcore music, right? No, but history. There is like he has. He doesn't put them out very often. Like once every like six months, he'll put out an episode. But his episode is like six and a half hours long. Wow! And he gets into and it's crazy. It's like you would think, but like I work and I'll have a six hour period where I'm doing stuff and I'll have one of my headphones in, and next thing you know, I listen to six hours and I just learned about you know fucking Southeast Asia from the fucking way back in the 1600s, 1600s, right. like some crazy war. Right. Ooh, and cool. it's in the way he does it, he's very matter of fact, but it's super engaging for some way. And, I'm, and I like history. Oh, history is cool. Yeah. History's so Dan Collins talk about history. He doesn't do it a lot, but when he Ooh. does it, he fucking, he puts it out there. All right. I'm going to, yeah. I'm probably going to hit you up later on and say, hey, send me some links. I'll send you links of anything. Yeah, how's that? Well, we got each other's number. We have a Facebook deal, but regular phone number, regular text is much easier, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, I'm on Facebook almost every day, but I just go to my groups. Right. Ugly Guitars. Right. Super Coven. Right. Are you, you're in the Super Coven group? Oh, yeah. Secret group? The Secret group. I'm in that too. And it's great. It's great. They have, although, you know, it's, the quality has been vacillating a lot. Well, every once in a while... Mitch, mm-hmm. yeah, Mitch Manzanilla, that, yeah. that, that, that score text, he yeah. runs it and he's yeah. like, 
Like, stop this shit. Like, it's yeah. not a mean group. Like, be yeah. clever. Be something, you know. Yeah, do something. Yeah. Yeah. When I first got in, I don't even know how I got in, but I was like. Because it's a secret group. I know. Yeah. Like, so, the person that's listening to this right now and you're not in it, you can't even search it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, uh, yeah, I was like, I don't know how I got into it, but I was like, wow, this is really, it's just fucked up in a good way. Right. But then there was, like, really, like, interesting, like, truly, you know, you know, believers of Satanism, like, talking about real incantations and rituals they could do. Right. Which I thought, wow, that's really cool. Like, like there's, like, real hardcore Satanists in this group. Weird. And that's cool. Yeah. You know, like, uh, I've had it. Like, totally about, you know, whatever you want to do. Just, yeah. Just don't. Don't spill over on my property. Right, there you go. I'm the same way. You know. I'm the same way. I can have a refrigerator on my front lawn. You can have a refrigerator on your front lawn. I don't give a shit. Just don't go in my refrigerator. Don't go in my refrigerator. (laughs) Don't put your refrigerator on my own. That's right. You know, (laughs) I don't care. I don't care about my Cubs values. Right. Let your lawn grow out. I don't fucking care. Right. Just keep it in your boundaries. Exactly. So, um, yeah, I love that group. Yeah, and uh, they have some incredibly sick shit. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's all fun. It's, it's all very fun. Yeah. Some of it, some of it, I'm glad that there's like now that uh, uncover this contains graphic yeah. because sometimes not so much with them, but I had a lot of people that I unfollowed that were like you know basically animal rights activists. Yeah, yeah, and you know the, the you know you're scrolling down your feed and then this. Horribly mutilated dog, you know. Yeah. You're just like, oh fuck. Yeah, it's, it's miserable. Like, it's, it's like, I can't. Yeah, that that can't be my day. So I barely look at my feed now. I just right. just go to the groups, yeah. you know, and, and I go to the groups with the most levity. Right, right now in in Coven, there's a bit of a, you know, a bit of a political thing. Oh, is there? Which is kind of funny, you know. Like, yeah, well, you know, you got some characters in that group. Yes. For sure. I love that everyone's a snowflake somehow. Oh, yeah, yeah. Everyone's a, everyone's a, a snowflake. Yeah. Whether they're a Trump snowflake or they're a, yeah, another a libtard snowflake. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I'm glad we're all snowflakes. Uh-huh. Well, we're all unique in our own little delicate way, huh? Yes. Is yes. that what we are? Okay. Yes. Sure. Uh, Why not? <laughs> exactly. Well, this is awesome, man. Well, thank you very much. No, I appreciate I hope, your time. I hope I didn't uh, bore you. You or... didn't bore me whatsoever. I mean, I was boring myself, so but I don't know. Maybe no. Well, it's your story, and you already know it's this. It's like a boring story. It's like, well, I felt the same way, but I did one of like my life story and this and that. It's like I'm, so, and I even say it, I'm doing it on my phone. I'm like, I hope that you guys are even still listening. And blah blah blah. Right, blah. Right. But I got crazy good feedback from right, it. Okay. But to me, it's just like, yeah, whatever. It's just me, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm the same thing it's like it's weird that i have actually a really good amount of people that actually listen that's cool which is which is weird to me but it's cool it's absolutely cool you know and i appreciate it i appreciate you know doing it i appreciate yeah, that no, it's, cool. it's cool that you you know you're serving the greater good i guess so you know you it's, it it's, the, it's the bigger thing like, i needed hardcore to do my art for something right it's the bigger it's the bigger idea right we all need the bigger idea so Follow Sean Taggart on Instagram. Forget Twitter. Cause fuck those guys. Fuck those guys. Fuck those guys. And, uh, and just, just, just type in Sean Taggart. And, and what is Facebook. it? Sean Taggart, M-Y-H-C on Facebook. On Facebook. Do you moderate that group? Kind of. <laughs> Am I going to get in it? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let you in it. I, I haven't like let a lot of people in it in a long time just because I'm, 
I haven't had anything to post. So I'm like, why, why would you, anyone care? Yeah. Oh, well, it's been approved. Someone approved me. Oh, okay. I don't know how that happened. I don't know either. Well, it's probably your settings, and it's probably anybody in the group can accept other people. Oh, maybe I did that. All right, whatever. Or you didn't do it, and well, somebody's that's just how it is. Oh, my God. It's the worst. Yeah, 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 yeah. The world's crumbling. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Right, thank you very much. Thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, thank you. I, before we go, thank you, Roger Moret from Agnostic Front, for giving the green light to allow me to alter... Sean's artwork for the course for a long record in order to create the fly for this episode. Golf all is a hardcore. Awesome. Thank you, man. No, thank you. <laughs> We're over here now. What's your problem? Cause you know he's trying.